Welcome to News Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. This week we have a very special episode for you. It was World Teachers Day on 5th October and to celebrate, Zara and I interviewed our class teachers, Mr Doherty and Miss Pugh, about why they decided to become teachers. We also talk about the anniversary of Junior Donaldson's famous story, The Gruffalo. Why Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are upset with the media, Boris Johnson's latest plan for Brexit, and why Scotland has become the first country in the UK to ban smacking. It's Zara here. Everyone who knows me knows that I want to be a teacher when I grow up. So this week, I was very interested to learn that it was World Teachers Day on the 5th of October. World Teachers Day has been celebrated every year since 1994. It was established by the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, which is a branch of the United Nations which is dedicated to promoting peace through education, science and culture. World Teachers Day has a very important purpose and that is to make people more aware of the work done by teachers and to support teachers to help the education of future generations. To celebrate World Teachers Day, UNESCO adopts a different theme each year to help give the world a better understanding of teachers and the really, really important role they play in society. This year's theme is Young Teachers, the Future of the Profession. With UNESCO calling upon governments to make teaching a profession of first choice for young people, Rosa and I have decided that to mark World Teachers Day, we will be interviewing our teachers, and so we are very excited to have with us in this studio today my teacher, Mr. Doherty, and Rosa's teacher, Ms. Pugh. Welcome to News Kids, Mr. Doherty and Ms. Pugh. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Why did you want to become a teacher, Miss Pugh? In the first instance, I was working in retail. I was working in a clothes shop and I realised that I really enjoyed helping people. So I didn't want to work in a clothes shop anymore. I wanted to become a teacher and help people. What about you, Mr Doherty? My mum was a teaching assistant in my primary school whenever I was growing up. So she would have been working with the older year groups when I was younger. And I liked how she loved the job and um, liked helping children and I used to coach like football teams as well and felt like I could add a bit more to that by teaching education. So, What are the best things about being a teacher, Miss Pugh? Oh, my goodness, the best things. Well, as Rose knows, I really love mistakes because when we make mistakes, we get to learn something, which is lovely. And there's nothing better for me as a teacher than seeing when somebody's learned something new or perhaps when they've overcome something that's really tricky for them. That makes me really happy as a teacher. Yeah. And we both know how tough school can be and trying to find ways of explaining something that makes it easier for children to understand and when they get that light bulb moment if they really struggle with something and then they're like, aha, now I know how to do it. That's really rewarding as a teacher. That's one of the best things. What have been your biggest challenges? 
trying to make every subject fun. So sometimes maybe children don't like maths or don't like English. And my biggest challenge is when I sit down and try and plan a lesson to try and make it fun and interesting so everyone can, yes, learn a bit from the lesson, but also have fun at the same time. So kind of. I think I'd have to agree with you there. I think, as you say, some children don't like certain subjects. And that's for us to be really enthusiastic yeah. Yeah. and try and make some subjects were a bit more boring to try and make them a bit more fun. Don't you ever get a bit annoyed at some children who are quite silly? Oh, um, it doesn't really annoy me. It just maybe I reflect and think: Is this lesson set at the right pitch, or can we do more as a teacher to kind of make it more, Let's make it more exciting, yeah, make it more interactive and fun? I agree. What training did you have to do? Uh, so we we probably had quite similar training. To become a teacher, you need to go to university. So I went to university and did what's called a PGCE to become a teacher, which was back in the UK. And then we still do lots and lots of training, don't we, throughout yes. our teaching career. So there's lots of training courses that we go on to make sure that we're really up to date with everything that we need to know. One of the things we were working with Fulmark was that every child has an iPad, so show be training and using the iPad more effectively in the classroom was one thing that I needed to work on when I got here. Yeah, absolutely saying my skills with Apple have increased increased massively since I started six weeks ago, uh, which is great. So that means that we can um, deliver the best lessons for you guys. What has been your most rewarding moment as a teacher? I don't think I've got one specific moment. I like the little things that happen in the day. Um, Little things that, you know, I can see somebody's particularly been struggling with perhaps over a couple of days, over a couple of weeks, whatever it may be, and then seeing when somebody's overcome a particular yeah. challenge. For me, those are really, really rewarding moments. I love in September when you get a new class and new personalities. You're basically getting year twos that have just moved up into year three and you have to mould them into, you know, their best, unlock all their potential and teach them all the year three curriculum. And then just like the last couple of weeks in year three when you just sit back and think wow I remember in September when Zara didn't know this and now I look at how, how well she's doing in her writing or in her maths and, and you can take stock of that whole academic year and how well the children have progressed I think that's it's not one moment but it's yeah. a reflection on the whole year and one of my favourite things to do towards the end of the year is to open up perhaps an English book maybe and look yeah. at the first page and then you look at the last bit of work you've done and the difference is always so amazing to see of how far you've come with the content of your writing and presentation things always looks lovely. Would you recommend being a teacher and why? Oh, I definitely recommend being a teacher. Um, because every day is different. You'll never have two days that are the same. It's fun, exciting, it will challenge you. Yeah, I just love working with children and trying to unlock their potential and it's very rewarding at the end of the day. The holidays do help as well, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, the holidays are lovely. <laughs> Back to why I became a teacher when I was working in the shop. It was the same thing every single day and it was boring and it was dull. And I don't think that from the day I started teaching I've ever been bored for one day. Because like you say, there's always something new <laughs> going on. Every day is different. And it's very, yeah, it's very rewarding, isn't it? Yeah. What do you do if someone's naughty in your class? Well, I think we're very lucky at Fulmark because we've got such well-behaved children that that doesn't seem to happen, and, particularly in my classes. And I'm sure. Just to li- link it back with what's the most rewarding moment as a teacher, if we, I'm sure Mrs. Pugh's the same, if you get someone in your class who's a bit naughty in September, they generally then tend to be less naughty in October and by 
the new year, they're a completely different person in the classroom. And Absolutely. I've had it quite a few times. Boys that have been in it, it's a temper or girls ended up being some of the best students um, by the end of the year. So I wouldn't say we get annoyed. We kind of look at it as a, as a challenge and, you know, something to overcome. What skills have you learned ever since you have been a teacher? You have to be very organised, I think. Mm-hmm. Before I did my teaching qualification, I don't think I was the most organised person, but now I consider myself <laughs> super organised because you have to be thinking weeks ahead and what's coming up every day. You have to have your lessons planned. What else? Public speaking. I don't think I did a lot of that before I became a teacher, but you're, um, teaching's kind of a bit like acting. Yeah, working on public speaking and organisation skills definitely improves. Yeah, I think same for me as well. You've got to be really organised and I think really productive with the time that you have got to be able to get things done. Efficient. Efficiently <laughs> and quickly, yeah. which is what often happens in schools. Everything needs to be done very quickly. Can you talk about a teacher that has inspired you? Whoever asked me this question, it always comes back to my year six teacher, Mrs Mulholland. It was first time of year six to the 11 plus and my mum was taken into the school and told that I wasn't able to do the 11 plus, I wasn't capable, but my mum said, no, no, George's going to do the 11 plus anyway. So at the start of the year, I didn't know half of the stuff that was in the test, and Mrs. Mahond explained everything to me, and it really clicked with me in year six. I thought she was an amazing teacher, and I got an A in my lab plus. So from not being expected to be able to set the paper to get an A, I think uh, she always stands out as my favourite teacher. I'm going to go for a teacher that I used to work with, who taught me a lot when I first started teaching about how to be really productive, be really organised, make the most of my time management and gave me lots of little ideas as to how to make some my lessons exciting and engaging and she really, really helped me on my journey as a teacher. And just to go back to why did you want to become a teacher, I think no matter how old you get, you always remember your favourite teachers, your best teachers, and you also remember those teachers that weren't that great. And I felt like I could become a, a good teacher based on the excellent teachers that I had in my education as well. Thank you, Miss Pugh and Mr Doherty, for joining us in the studio. Thanks very You're much very for having welcome. us, girls. Thank you for having us. It's been lovely. It's Rose here again. Moving on to our next story, a book many of our listeners may have read in school is The Gruffalo, written by Julia Donaldson and illustrated by Axel Scheffler. I remember reading it in year one, and we got to go on a school trip to see the show, which was really fun. Anyway, this year is the 20th anniversary of The Gruffalo. The book has sold more than 14.5 million copies worldwide, and it has been translated into more than 84 languages since it was released in 1999. To celebrate the anniversary, the Royal Mail have released a special set of postage stamps depicting characters from the story. The first six stamps follow the original story of Mouse, who travels through a wood meeting other animals and telling scary stories about his terrifying friend, the Gruffalo, in order to stop himself being eaten for dinner. The final four stamps feature brand new illustrations that Axel Scheffler was commissioned to create by the Royal Mail. The stamps will be available on general sale at 7,000 post offices across the UK from October the 10th. It's Zara here. This week, Scotland became the first country in the UK to make it a criminal offence for parents to smack their children. 
This means that Scottish children will have the same protection as adults have if someone assaults them. Before the new law was introduced, parents could use reasonable physical force to discipline their children. This generally meant that parents were allowed to smack children on the body, but a blow to the head or shaking a child or hitting a child with something was considered illegal. Now, any sort of smacking will be considered to be illegal in Scotland. The Bill for the Smacking Ban was introduced by John Finney, a former police officer who thought that the ban would send a strong message that violence is never acceptable and that physical punishment damages children and is not an acceptable form of discipline. The bill was packed by 84 votes to 29. The Scottish Conservative Party voted against the ban. People who did not support the ban think that the old law was sufficient and that the new law is far too strict and could get parents into trouble for just disciplining their children. Scotland is the 58th country in the world to ban smacking. Sweden became the first in 1979 and Ireland banned smacking in 2015. Wales is also close to introducing a ban, but there are no plans for England or Northern Ireland to do so. It's Rose here again. Last week on News Kids, I talked about the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, who were in the newspapers because of their royal tour of Africa. This week, the couple are in the headlines again, but this time for different reasons. The Duke of Sussex, better known as Prince Harry, has become very cross with the British media, which includes newspapers, TV, magazines and online news, because of the way his wife Meghan Markle has been represented. He published an open letter saying that his wife has become one of the latest victims of a British tabloid press that wages campaigns against individuals with no thought to the consequences. Prince Harry described the behaviour of the British press as bullying and said, there comes a point when the only thing to do is stand up to this behaviour because it destroys people and destroys lives. He referred to a particular incident when a newspaper called The Mail on Sunday published a letter from the Duchess of Sussex to her father, which they believed had been edited to portray a different meaning. The royals have announced legal action against the newspaper, which the Mail on Sunday has said it will defend. The Duke has said his biggest fear is of history repeating itself, making a reference to the death of his mother, Diana, Princess of Wales, who was killed in the car crash when he was 12 years old. Diana was being chased by newspaper photographers at the time of the accident, and they were later found to be partly responsible for her death. In a separate story confirmed by Buckingham Palace on Friday, the Duke of Sussex has filed legal action against two media organisations because he believes they illegally intercepted his voicemail messages. Further details about the alleged phone hacking have not yet been released. It's Lara again with the latest news on Brexit. This week, there has been a lot of discussion about the proposals put forward by the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson for a Brexit deal. Now, before I go into details, it is important to remember that a big issue throughout the discussions about a deal with the EU has been how the Irish border should be managed. Northern Ireland has a 310-mile-long border with the Republic of Ireland. 
At the moment, people cross the border easily every day and goods and services are sold across the border every day as both Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland are in the EU and so there are no checks at the border for products or people. However, after Brexit, Northern Ireland will leave the EU along with the rest of the UK. Most people do not want to have a hard border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Theresa May had negotiated a deal with the EU where Northern Ireland would continue to follow some of the rules of the EU to avoid having a hard border. This was called the Irish backstop. But, as we know, Parliament did not agree to that deal. Boris Johnson has now written to European leaders about putting forward a new plan on what he would like the deal to be between the EU and the UK and has set out details of a replacement for the Irish border backstop proposed by Theresa May. Under Boris's plan, once the UK leaves, there would be a special deal where Northern Ireland has the same rules as the EU for trade in animal food and manufactured goods. There would, however, then also be some extra checks on goods moving from the rest of the UK to Northern Ireland. So far, EU leaders have identified a few problems with the plan and wondered how these proposals can be put into place without checkpoints at the border, which is what everyone wanted to avoid. However, the EU leaders have said that they will have a look at the plans before formally responding and the UK government is aiming to reach a final agreement at an EU summit on the 17th of October. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.